With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.M. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville. 1-800-444-8484 outside of the metro and pound 840 for Verizon wireless callers. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. I've got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck and run a trot line, and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Good evening, everyone. Jim Strader here in the studio for another edition of Jim Strader Outdoors. And delighted to be with you, as always. have uh, several things on my mind, but I'm going to start with one that is a follow-up to some programming I've done over the last couple of weeks about the gun rights situation that has emerged as part of politics in this country and it was on display in a, in my estimation, most despicable fashion over in Virginia. For gosh sakes, the land of Jefferson and Washington, where Governor Ralph Northam is trying to push through legislation with the help of the legislature there, I might add, gun legislation that has sweeping impacts on our right to bear arms. Uh, it also involves uh, ammunition, our ability to purchase ammunition. You know, they're attacking the Second Amendment every way they can. And as I mentioned in previous broadcasts, these folks that are in politics that take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution 
then turn around once they have uh, attained a degree of power, start to attack the Constitution, try to push a progressive agenda, which incidentally, they, they love terms like that, and it's a regressive agenda because it will put us back in time to when we were enslaved by the government, when uh, communist uh, regimes took the guns away. We've all seen what happens when the populace no longer has guns. But these folks would have us believe this is a a progression forward, that they know better than Washington and Jefferson and Adams and all our forefathers. And I will tell you in unabashed fashion, they're full of the byproduct of cattle raising. They, they're, they're selling an agenda that is simply designed to enable them to have power over us. And in that regard, I wanted to open the program with a sincere thank you. It is a sincere thank you to those folks that attended that rally over in Virginia, and I've heard estimates of anywhere from 30,000 to 60-some-odd thousand people that believe in the Second Amendment. They believe in our right to own firearms for self-protection, for protection, God forbid, against a government which would attempt to disarm us and enslave us. Uh, And there's all kind of warnings about that from our forefathers, again, who I revere. I'm a student of history. And as such, I think it's important to realize that we have our freedoms that we have in America today because of our Constitution, our forefathers that had wisdom that, from my estimation, uh, came from European enslavement and monarchies where the people weren't allowed to have arms, and that's the way they subjugated us, our forebears. And when our forebears came here, they wanted a different system, and our rights come under God, uh, our right to defend ourselves comes under God, and it comes under the Constitution. So what I wanted to open the program with as a thank you is the comportment or the the way those folks that went over there and engaged themselves in that handled themselves. Here's what went down there. There were no violent actions. There were no outbursts. There were no... Uh, sidebars that the media would love to have had to portray. And the the amazing thing about that is I had big concerns about what might happen. And the reason I did is Antifa and some of these groups like that love to create situations where there's a violent reaction and then the mainstream press turns around and tries to blame that on those of us who are there to support our rights under the Constitution. So what I saw from the mainstream press on this subject was, oh, white supremacists were there with guns and AK-47s and 
all these different types of things. But what they're not telling you is when those people left, the grounds were clean. There wasn't trash left around. There were no tear gas bombs from the police. There was nothing other than a very peaceful, well-organized stand-up, if you will, and thank you and God bless you men and women that went there and did that. You stood up for a constitution, and that's what needed to happen, and I am overwhelmed with joy that nothing bad happened to that because, as I said on my broadcast last Sunday, I was scared that Antifa or someone would throw a bottle, throw a rock, throw a brick, and do what they do. They're cowardly. They'll start it, and then they'll run. Well, you know what? I think they realized with that many people there with guns, armed citizens who are defending our right to be armed were not something to be meddled with. And that, ladies and gentlemen, in my estimation, is a very strong testament to why we have a Second Amendment. Peaceful right by citizens to arm themselves to keep harm's way away from us, our families, and, quite frankly, our government. We are the militia. And the militia showed up, and the press, the so-called press, you know, I, I am a journalist. I'm a member of the press. I flinch at that a lot because of what I see the press perpetrating and twisting on folks nowadays. But as a member of the press, I will tell you this, the rest of them that try to say we were white supremacists or that were thugs or were gun-loving, uh, irrational people, here's the deal, rest of the press. You are the problem. You are attacking the Constitution. You are the anarchists, and you have no idea what's out there in America today that will turn against you and stand up for our Constitution, and of that I'm very, very proud. All right, having said that, we got to go to break here. We're doing open lines tonight. Numbers 571-8484-1800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road, just south of the Gene Snyder, StarCraft Center consoles and deck boats, Charger bass boats, and low aluminum boats. Go see them. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends. At SMI Marine. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors and the numbers tonight, as usual, 571-8484 or 
444-8484 to continue uh, a bit on what I mentioned about that gun rights rally in Virginia. There's one scheduled here in Kentucky, and I hope and pray that those of you who participate will take a page out of the notebook on what went on in Virginia and comport yourself and handle yourself with dignity and yet at the same time make a clear message that our rights under the Second Amendment to the Constitution are not to be trampled upon. Um, I mentioned that in previous programs, and I'm going to say it again. There's a reason when the framers of the Constitution developed the Constitution that they put the right to speech first and the right to bear arms second, second only in importance to the right for us to have freedom of speech. And that's something that I think folks should consider when they develop their opinions, if you will, about our right to keep and bear arms. If you don't want to own a gun, if you don't want to uh, be able to protect your family with a gun, that's your business. But for those of us that hold that Second Amendment near and dear, I think it's very obvious from what went on over there that there's a whole lot of folks in the United States of America that will defend the Constitution and that believe in it. Change gears here. I had something uh, that occurred this week that really was a a revelation of sorts. It's not something I can say totally surprised me, but it certainly was a an eye-opening situation. I feed birds at my house. Uh, I do so every year. I love watching and observing bird life and helping them get through the hardships of winter and what have you. And because we haven't really had a hard winter with a lot of snow and ice and what have you, I've been a little lax in in starting that process. I normally start right around Christmas time. I let the migration occur so that I'm feeding the birds that have chosen more or less to overwinter here. And I hadn't done so till yesterday afternoon. Now, I feed lots of different types of birds at the house. I'd have ground feeder uh, feeding stations where I feed on the ground for um, song sparrows and towhees and cardinals and those type of birds. And then I have the uh, standing feeders with sunflower for the chickadees and titmice and woodpeckers uh, and wrens and what have you. But here was a mind blower to me. I went out there yesterday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Had not fed all year. Feeders were empty. As I was starting to feed on my ground feeder area, which I I have kind of like a sanctuary in my yard where I allow briar and, and what have you to grow up to where, where I'm feeding on the ground. If a hawk shows up, the birds can dart into that cover. I had not moved 20 feet spreading feed on the ground when cardinals and song sparrows started showing up and piling in, and they're not 12 feet from me. Now, there is no other explanation for that, in my opinion, than memory of those birds from being fed there last year. And again, these are wild birds. They hadn't seen me all winter. 
But here they came, and there's no way they observed this and came in. They were waiting. And, uh, a good friend of mine, Brad Graham, talks about uh, birds that are fed like that. Here comes the ice cream man. I'm sure there's lots of listeners out there that remember in our younger years when the ice cream truck would come through ringing the bell or blowing the horn and the kids would come out and and uh, gather around that ice cream truck in the summer. And his analogy was, we're the ice cream man to the birds. But I understand that on a continuum basis. But the wild thing about this to me is they were obviously birds that had been fed there last year. They had undoubtedly, in my mind, a memory of what it sounded like when I was rustling in the feed can to spread that seed, and they were there within one minute of when I started feeding. And that is that is so cool to me. And I, here they came. It was cardinals and song sparrows, and pretty soon here came the blue jays. And uh, in the afternoon, after the rest of the afternoon, from about 3.15 on till dark, on the sunflower feeder, here came the tufted titmice and the chickadees and the wrens. And the woodpeckers, it's like, good grief. This is so amazing. And I, I think we tend to, what's the right word I'm looking for here? Not to consider wildlife to be able to have memory or not to have what I will call the ability to to analyze things, and I, I'm not talking about Howard or thought processes, obviously, but I can tell you one thing: they certainly have memory, and they certainly are able to to uh, key on that memory and capitalize on it. And that is a really cool thing because if you think about it, that's how deer know to go to the oak flats uh, in their second or third year of life. That's how the the does take their fawns there. They learn where crop fields are. Uh, bucks, I've said this repeatedly in teaching folks about deer hunting, if a big buck knows where does are in the summer, you better believe he'll come back there during the rut in the fall. And, and that pattern will follow a fairly definite date pattern that's alarming in its own way if you We'll stop and think about it. Anyway, that's a, a wildlife note that I wanted to pass along, and I'll expound upon that a little bit or expand upon it as we go through the program. Let's go to Dave. He's calling for Chesapeake, Virginia. Yes, Dave, you're up. Hey, uh, Jim, I'm, thank you for taking my call. just wanted to let you know what part of what was going on there in that rally in Virginia. Uh, the the, the uh, Sheriff's Association in Virginia and uh, uh, the FOPs were all encouraging all the members that they could to, to uh, show up there and, and try to help things out and so forth. And I, I can't, can't help but to think that that attributed to a lot of the peacefulness because you probably had uh, five or 6,000 police officers, and, and uh, you know some of them were, were uh, I mean, they were all armed, of course, but uh, a lot of them had their jackets on, and, and you know, they were in plain clothes, but they had their, their uniform jackets on to let people know who they were, and they were moving all through the crowds. And, and uh, uh, you know, it, it, the sheriff's departments there in, in Virginia are, are very strong 
uh, uh, back in the Second Amendment and, and uh, this sanctuary. And I, I hope when Kentucky does one, that they, uh, you know, they, they follow suit and, and get as many police officers there as they can because, you know, these, these clowns, that they come here and try to stir stuff up. That's the last ones they want to mess with because, um, you know, they, they'll go to jail real quick if they start trying something and, and that many cops around. Well, that's an excellent point. And I'm glad you brought that up because I watched on several newscasts some sheriffs from various counties in Virginia announce that if the legislature there does enact this type of legislation that infringes upon the Second Amendment, they are not going to enforce it because they have their oath to the Constitution. And the Constitution is very clear. Absolutely about our right to keep and bear arms. So, Dave, uh, hats off to you. That's a great comment. And coming from someone in Virginia, I really appreciate that. All right, folks. All right, Jim. Have a good night. Yes, sir. You too. I really appreciate you calling in, sir. All right, folks, we got to go to break here. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. Paul Thomas is the broker. Check out all their listings on Outdoor Properties of all types at MOPHARTRealty.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. We're doing open lines tonight, folks. The numbers, as usual, 571 8484 or 1-800-444-8484. In that regard, let's go to David, who's been on hold. Hey, David, how are you tonight? Hello, Jim. David here. How are you, brother? Happy Happy <laughs> New Year. I haven't talked to you since last year. Yes, sir. How are you? I hope you're doing I, well. I am. I was at the boat show yesterday and bought my fishing license ready for some angling. <laughs> and, uh, Aren't we all? <laughs> That's a good good move there. Oh, it's been an easy winter so far, hasn't it? It sure has, and I'm grateful for that. It's, it's had its moments. We've had more rain and, and cloudy days than I like to see, but I'll take that over snow up to my knees any day. So, Well, you think we got some snow coming still? And uh, you think I, we're going to have a really cold snap coming our way or what? I suspect we will before it's over with. Whether we'll get snow or not, I don't know. But as you know, late January and February can be – pretty onerous, so we'll see what it gives us. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to ask you a question about um, about uh, arms, about guns and first, but, I, but don't hang up on me because then I want to talk to you about the bird feeding thing. Cause All I, right. My, my father, uh, who just passed us last summer, Jim, he was 79, he, he and my mom made sure the birds were fed. I just want to talk to you, I, and I know your position on the Second Amendment, and I respect that. But tell me do you have any sympathy at all for background checks? Uh, I do to an extent. Um, I think that there's reason for that in the societal changes that we've seen. You know, the day when 
most folks were law-abiding and what have you has obviously gone by the wayside. I attribute a lot of that to drug influence in our society and uh, the disintegration of the family. And so a background check is, I think, a reasonable way to ascertain uh, whether or not someone should own a gun. Uh, however, there's some restraints on it. I, I flinch a bit when it comes to uh, background checks on folks that, as private individuals, want to give a gun to a, a, a nephew or a niece or uh, you know another family member. I think that's a bit of a stretch. But overall, I, I don't have any problem with it. Neither, as I understand it, does the NRA or any of the groups. Well, so with uh, and you know, continue that conversation for a moment. And you know, I have great respect for you, and I'm I'm a I'm a fisherman, not a hunter. But uh, do you when when we talk about background checks and so forth, there there's opposition. Um, and and uh, what about at gun shows? Do you believe there ought to be automatic checks at gun shows as well? Well, at most of the gun shows, to buy a gun from most of the people that display there who are gun dealers, you have to do that. Uh, so are you asking me if at a gun show, do I think there should be a requirement for background uh, I'm, checks? I'm, yeah, I've never been to a gun show and probably would never will, but just wondering, I didn't know that, that that's something that, do they run online? Do they have the ability to check? Uh, yes, they do. You know, the, the criminals? The criminal backgrounds and so forth, and mental, and also mental health issues. You know, that's a, we all know it's a big thing. Yes, they do have that ability at most of those shows, and the dealers that are there cannot do a transaction without doing a background check there to transfer the firearm. Do, should should there be restrictions on automatic weapons? There, your, you know, your your AK forty sevens and so forth, or whatever the latest uh, version of. And most most popular version of those should there be? Any, you, you're asking my personal opinion. Yes, sir, I am. All right. To begin with, automatic weapons are restricted by federal law. We're talking here about semi-automatic weapons. In other words, you have to pull the yeah, trigger, that's, that's bang, 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 not hold the trigger back in brrr, <laughs> uh, fashion. Okay, I want to qualify that. I'm of the opinion that the populace needs to be just as armed as necessary to protect themselves, not only against perpetrators like criminals, but also their own government. I know that sounds radical to some folks, but go back and listen to the words of our forefathers. I wish I had those quotes in front of me. Uh, What they adamantly said was, The Second Amendment was not about protecting yourself in the home or being able to uh, take a weapon to go hunting. It was designed to keep the populace as a militia, which means we the people are the armed citizenry that, A, protects ourselves in our homes, but also against our own government in case of tyranny. So if you're asking me, should we be able to have a semi-automatic weapon 
to defend ourselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know my, you know my background. I'm, I'm, I'm a retired judge and I'm a practicing attorney. I was a prosecutor for 20 years here in Jefferson County before I was a judge, and uh, you've seen so much, uh, so many horrible things happen. Uh, of course, um, you know that. Probably most of the problems would not have ever been prevented by uh, by further gun restrictions. But uh, just just wanted your your input on on that. And um, well, David, let me let me uh, return your question with a question, if I may. And, and I'm, I'm here. All right, and and that's and as you know, I have a lot of respect for you, and I've had a lot of friends as judges that. And we've discussed this at large many, many times. Uh, Here's my question in reverse. What is a citizen to do when a criminal, which by their nature, they are antisocial, which is a kind way of saying they have no regard for other people's lives or property or or, uh, their spouse, by that I mean rapists, murderers, etc. What are we to do if they, by their nature, are illegal and would use an illegal arm against us to do if we're not armed the same way they are? There's the flip side of that coin. And every time I've turned that coin, I personally come up with the same answer, which is... I want to have the guns they've got so I can deter or prevent them from perpetrating mayhem on my loved ones, et cetera. What sayeth you? I agree completely that I'm not in favor of taking people's uh, weapons away. I do wonder about these semi-automatic weapons, why you you don't hunt with those, Jim, and you do no. target practice with them. You enjoy them. Well, that, but what you're saying is not accurate. Let me okay, tell you well, why. Okay, not, I'm here to learn, sir. You know, right. I'm a listener. I listen well. <laughs> all right. My shotgun that I hunt rabbits and squirrels with is a semi-automatic weapon. It it holds three shells. In the case of uh, when I hunt in Indiana, I can have five rounds in that gun if I'm hunting small game instead of waterfowl. Okay. And, okay. And, and as I shoot it, it's bang, bang, bang until the magazine's empty. But what happens here is that so-called progressive politicians would like to, in order to remove guns from society, when they perpetrate these uh, laws or attempt to perpetrate them upon us, they equate sporting arms with automatic weapons. And that's where this this misinformation becomes very hard to uh, explain, but it's, it's very simple. Here, here's the deal. Automatic weapons are not available. You know, a machine gun, for example, right. is, is not available to the public. Semi-automatic weapons like the AR platforms, like they call them assault rifles. It, it, here's another example. Eight thugs come to my house, okay? All I've got is a single-shot 
uh, or, or not a single shot, but a single operation revolver, let's say. Okay? I don't have a semi-automatic pistol like a Glock or what have you where I can return fire. I'm behind the eight ball. So how many uh, rounds does one of these AR platform weapons hold? What, what, what? What what's the max and what's the average? If you can answer that question. Well, the 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 big debate about that is ten rounds or more. They want to outlaw. Okay. Yeah. You, you want me to lock and reload when I got eight guys coming through the door? I understand. It's also. Um... And and here's the deal, you can't judge. It's like this for me. It's like in school, you punish the whole class for what one clown does. You can't right. do that with the Second Amendment. You can't punish the law-abiding citizens like showed up, for example, in Virginia that had those AKs on their person. They showed yeah. what they wanted to own, and there wasn't a single bit of problem. The problem okay. is with the perpetrators. And We can turn the coin, though, and talk about what happened at Virginia Tech back in – 2007, and then talk about yes, you can. Elementary, we can talk about the country music concert in Las Vegas. Absolutely, yeah, I, under, I understand. You know, it, it's not an easy, thing. but I appreciate this conversation because I think there are reasonable. There's a reasonable middle ground, and I, you know, I respect you, and I, I, I respect and I support your right to bear arms. But let's talk about bird feed because I, I don't okay. want to be on this longer. But what kind of bird feed were you putting out there today that got you your, your your blue jays and your cardinals and your other uh, other birds? Well, the the type of general feed I like is a mixture of millet, milo, and sunflower, and that's available at almost all the pet stores around the region. I buy mine at millet, millet milo, and sunflower. I buy mine okay. at, at uh, Walmart because they have good prices and. It right. comes in a quantity that I I like to utilize. Some people don't, you know. Do you use a bird feeder or do you spread it out? I spread that on the ground. And then I, on my uh, standing bird feeders, I feed sunflower, just black oil sunflower. Mm-hmm. And I use it in the feeders where they have to extract it through a screen um, so that they got to work a little bit to get it. I don't free, right. In other words, I don't free feed it. But I will tell you, with those two mixtures, you'll feed chickadees, uh, tufted titmice, woodpeckers, wrens, right. cardinals, <laughs> song sparrows. Do you, uh, do, do, do you have freestanding or hanging from the hanging freestanding or hanging from trees? What do you do uh, on my on the feed that I described with the milo and millet and sunflower? I feed it on the ground, and I feed it next to escape cover where if a hawk shows up, the birds can dive away from them. Okay. And then on my standing okay. feeders, I tr- try to put them next to shrubbery and and similar places, but those are on standing feeders that I, I purchased, you know, to, to be able to hang the feeders on. Do your dogs get into the bird feet on the ground? No, mine do not. All right, well, I've got some nice pines at the back of my, my property here, and Jim, let's go fishing this year, and uh, I appreciate your uh, your conversation with me. And uh, with no disrespect intended, just no, no. trying to learn. Hey, I'm hey, uh, I'm 57 years old, but I'm still learning. People say, <laughs> you know, why do you 
I like, I'm, I'm a listener. I like to talk, too, but I'm a listener, and that's how you learn things. And well, we need to have this kind of respectful debate about these kind of issues, sir. Well, and here's what I will leave this with, and I think you'll agree. These things are much more a mental health issue and a criminal issue than they are a gun rights issue. By that, I mean we we need to address why these things are happening. Yep. Don't blame it on the gun that would sit on the table for 100 years, never do a darn thing. You know, it's the perpetrator that picks up that gun that's the problem. Well, uh, I was a judge for 10 years here in Jefferson County and, and arraigned thousands of people in that jail courtroom over there and, and saw many, many shootings and many crimes, whether they were gun-related or not. And you're exactly right. It's a societal thing. It's a... I call it generational dysfunctions, what I call it, Jim. Generational dysfunction and mental health issues are so prevalent these days, with, along with our substance abuse issues. But, hey, brother, I'll let you go. Enjoy your show. I'm taking my recycling out right now, so i got to go. Okay, buddy? <laughs> All right. I appreciate it very much. See you, Jim. Yes, sir. All right, folks. Numbers tonight, 571-8484, 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented... By SMI Marine, go see them. They'll treat you great. Remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. The number is 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. And let's go to Gary, who's been on hold. Hey, Gary. Jim, how are you? I'm hey, doing, Jim, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Well, our our uh, Tennessee season's wound down, and our Alabama season's going strong. We got our, our rut going here, but I've been trying to get some squirrel hunting in, too. And, and I should know by now, after all these years of hunting, but do these squirrels go into a sort of hibernation form here when we get this cold weather? I, I just haven't been seeing any, and my dogs are, are halfway decent dogs. Uh, yes, they do. I've, uh, had the same things happening here with my dog. Once they, once the temperatures drop and, and stay cold for a period, uh, squirrels tend to go into what they call pseudo or, or I guess, uh, imitation hibernation, uh, where they just stay in the den, you know, they stick their nose out at daylight and, uh, evacuate themselves, do their business, then they go back into their warm den. And you can't much blame them because the amount of energy that they expend foraging and evading predators when it's cold is energy misspent. By that I mean they're, you know, they're burning calories and and uh, using up fat reserves that are better spent in in semi hibernation and the thing that comes on the heels of that, and uh, I see a lot of this in late January and our our squirrel season runs through February, is uh, the females uh, have become impregnated during uh, December and early January, and as the uh, process develops, they're much less inclined to leave the den. Uh, They're uh, in the, the... first stages, if you will, of, of uh, developing the young so they stay in the den, and that's that's what you're seeing there, Gary. Yeah, 
and it's, that's interesting too that uh, your squirrel run and our squirrel run run pretty much the same time down here. Uh, but uh, it was interesting yesterday. Like I said, I was out deer hunting yesterday because I was right here. In- hey, hey, Gary, can you hang on? I'm up against hard break. Yeah. All right, I sir. Know. All right, folks, we got to go to break here. This break is presented by SMI Marine. Remember, you never get soaked at SMI. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.